Hey guys, welcome to Project Esports for February 4th, 2019. 10 days until the Overwatch League. All three boys are back. How are you doing today, Dylan and James? I'm doing good. I'm doing great because Dylan's back. Yeah, so we, we missed you very much last week. I mean, we, I think we both would have loved to hear your impressions about the Farming Simulator League. I feel like I can't wait for the next story to pop up, so we can talk about that. But... I'm still at a loss of words about that. If I'm being hundred percent honest, that was my I, favorite. Topic. I was listening. I was listening to the podcast uh, with which is you two on it, like in in my commute home. I was like screaming about it in the car. Actually, I was <laughs> I was popping off. I was popping off. That's why you gotta we, watch we, live and just start streaming in the chat, like uh, James does sometime when he's gone. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, I just open it up. I want to I want to take an honorable mention to Andrew's horrendous cowboy impression. Find me one cowboy that says yee yee. Because none of them do. You know, you gotta do it. I mean, I'm from the Midwest. I I can I can make those. I can make those sounds. I can do. They say you're like. from like the North Midwest. Calm yeah, down. Come on now, man. We're in the it's center yeehaw. of the Midwest. It's what are you yeehaw. talking about? Wisconsin is not known for its cowboys. That's true. We're known for our farmers. Yeah, but farmers aren't cowboys. Well, true, they'd like to pretend they are, but with that, let's kind of get into housekeeping so we can jump jump into all the topics today. So like I said, Overwatch League is 10 days away. We'll talk a little bit about it during the show. But the new All Access Pass was announced for the Overwatch League. And we want to give it away to one of you guys. So tomorrow, I am going to put out a tweet on our Twitter. We'll put it out on Facebook. Um, probably do it on Instagram too. Um, make sure you're following us. Tag people. We tweeted whatever that post tells you to do. And you'll be entered in, in the next week at the end of the episode. We will announce which one of you will be getting that all-access pass. We're going to be talking about Overwatch so much. So we figured that you guys might as well get the best experience for the Overwatch League. So we wanted to give that away for you guys. So there will be more information on all of our social media pages tomorrow. We'll tell you where to find those later on in the show too. But make sure to keep an eye on that for your chance to win the all-access pass. But that is a pretty good kind of flow right into our first topic, which is just Overwatch League. We had a lot of stuff kind of come out these last couple of days, and we have the Overwatch League coming up soon. So I guess I want to talk about the Overwatch um, League merch store and the All Access Pass, both which were announced, what is it, Thursday, Friday of Uh, last week, I feel like? I think it was, I want to say Wednesday. I want to say it was like midweek. Yeah, yeah something totally about that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start with the um, All Access Pass first and kind of figure out the, what the giveaway actually all entails. So, last week, uh, last year, for those of you who didn't know, there was a $29.99, $29.99 All Access Pass for the Overwatch League, which gave you unique angles, exclusive interviews, a chat room, emotes, all that kind of stuff for Twitch. And they've brought that back this year, kind of new and approved. It's only going to be $15 this year, which I think is really awesome, being so much cheaper. They have new Command Center, which has all players' point of views, which I think is really cool. I want to make sure you guys get your opinion on that before I talk more about that. But I think that's really unique. They had a bunch of new emotes, and I'm sure they'll do more throughout the season. But what do you guys kind of think about that? I mean, first off, will you guys be buying it? I've Okay, so I've Ooh. flexed too hard over over Dylan, so I, I basically have to get it now. I have to. So if I'm, if I'm going partial fanboy, i got to go full fanboy. So you know your boy's gonna be watching Applies Angle and nothing but the entire time. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, I guess I'm gonna take the contrarian kind of view on this, and I'm I'm not gonna get it. Just I'm not. I don't. I don't know. 
I, I don't really care too much about it. Um, I like watching the games a lot, but I, I'm happy with the observers, you know? Um, I'm, I'm content just having it up uh, full screen it, just sit back, uh, you know, let the observer take it away from me. I am not really too invested in, in you know, having the command center open and popping in between people's point of views and stuff. I can totally see where uh, people would want to go into that. If you're a super big fan of, like, one player in particular, maybe you're more into the analytical side of Overwatch. I could totally see that, but I don't know. I'm not someone who, who buys a bunch of, like, merch. Um, I usually just get one shirt, which I'm the only one here who, who end up getting their stuff uh already for which now. tuesday yeah for now it's coming tomorrow actually so oh, that was really um, quick holy crap uh wednesday so hey, it was less than a week but yeah um and that was just normal shipping too so uh by this time next week um i'll have my uh my philly fusion shirt swapped out for my uh washington justice shirt um oh, so i'll be able to, to really rep my team so i'm excited for that yeah i think the biggest thing for me with the command center upgrade is going to be the each player's pov and i think that's gonna be really great for writers content creators highlight plays all that kind of stuff because now when you go back and watch it we can go back and make content out of them like oh or even like how-to videos or advice videos like showing how good this player really is because look what they actually did what their thought process was, what every step it was so i think it's gonna be really cool for people that are just watching but it'll be really for those hardcore fans that really love one fan i mean you got the gurry you got the pine um, say Obleed, Jonak, people that really care about those individual characters or content creators are where I really see that benefit being. Because being able to pick what view you're making a video from is really cool and something really unique. So I think that's the one thing that I take away and what I'm most happy about with the All Access Pass kind of upgrade. You know what I would really like to see? So you access this through just like a separate portal, right? On the Overwatch League website. Would be really cool is if they took a took a note from Dota's book and had an in-game client. That would be really sick, um, especially if you were able to save that thought within Overwatch. So that yeah. way, content creators can go in and they could free cam. They can kind of position their camera wherever they want to make content. I think that would be really cool, so, especially for like post-game analysis. Oh, that would be so amazing. They did have that for the Overwatch World Cup. Um, they haven't said if it's coming back. For the Overwatch League, they're getting kind of silent about it. A lot of people have been asking about that. But they did have, like, it was it was another client that you'd open up through the Blizzard launcher. So it wasn't in Overwatch, but it, it was pretty Same easy deal. to access Same still. Deal, yeah. And it had all of the World Cup VOD saved that you could go free angle and do that kind of stuff. So a lot of people are hoping that comes back. There's been no word on that yet. Um, but there has been something like that. I think that's really cool, too. But I also think the POV of each player is, I wouldn't say a good substitute, but... It's better to have that and no free angle than having neither, I guess. It's like a stepping stone is how I see it. Yeah, yeah. I, I can get on board with that. Yeah, no, I think this is a I think this is a step in the right direction for like for a lot of like observer based game like I mean for they're pretty much all observer based, but like with like multiple players and stuff like that. Like uh, the LCS has been trying it recently with like having like their secondary stream as like one particular player, but I mean, you, one particular player is great if you like them, but I'd like the option of being able to watch my favorite player on every game, Vice, and then, you know, flip back and forth between those two. Vice, oh, like, oh, okay, I get to watch the support this time, not, you know, not the jungler or vice versa. You yeah, know, or if you're trying to improve on a certain role or a certain hero, you can see from one point of angle how they actually play it. So I think yeah. for gameplay-wise and hardcore fans, there's a lot of benefits of that. But I, I do totally want to agree. move on to the other big thing that was announced on Wednesday is kind of the merch store. I mean, what, I mean... Not too much different. Obviously, we talked about they changed deals over to um, Fanatics and 
just kind of what do you think about the merch store? James, I mean, Dylan, you've already bought something. James, I'm sure you have stuff on your shopping cart. I, I mean, do. Yeah. Any big takeaways or anything from the merch store so far? Big takeaways. It's very uh, similar, I would say. Um, the only thing actually is I, I was I, I sent this in, in, in our, our chat, but I was a little bit nervous because I didn't think I could find the like jersey shirts. Um, so that's what I'm wearing now. So I'm not wearing uh, like the jersey jersey. I'm wearing the shirt that like has a logo and stuff on it. And I was a little bit nervous because I couldn't find it. Like I just I just couldn't find it. I even like clicked on T-shirt and it wasn't showing up. And I just saw all the jerseys, which they're like, I don't know, like eighty something, ninety dollars. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want one of those. I just want a shirt, because um, then that way I can wear it around and stuff. Um, but I just, I just couldn't find it. And I like got, you know, I was like, oh, I guess it's not here. I guess I'm not getting anything. And then I went back and I was like, oh, it's at the very bottom of the jerseys. Um, na- navigation wise, it's the same. I really hope that the the shirts are the same though, because oh man, this fits super super well. Uh, and I got like the same size and it fits super well, super comfy. I hope it's the same because like I just want this shirt for Washington Justice yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, like I, I found it like a bit of a pain to navigate. My biggest takeaway for it though is seeing all the away jerseys and like what colors each team decided to go for like the accent. And I thought we saw some really cool like combinations and stuff like that. Like the spark, look at the spark looked great overall. The spark mm-hmm. like they did, they did no wrong. They did no wrong, but like. There was a lot of teams I was like, okay, what are the three colors are they going to pick and how's it going to turn out and stuff like that? Like, I mean, yeah, the base is white and stuff like that. I might actually pick up an away jersey, vice a home jersey. Like, I don't like. Oh, I'm definitely getting a away jersey. I think, the, I think the away jerseys for almost every team look so much cooler than the home jerseys. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm almost in the same boat. Um, I disagree. Kind of, really? I don't think so. I think a lot of home jerseys look very good. Oh, like the Washington Justice? That you mean when you yeah. so many of the home the problem with the home jerseys is that so many teams used black as the core color and then everything else accented it. So any team that had unique colors, I loved, but all the teams that had the black in them used black as a main color. So there's a lot of jerseys that look a lot alike. Okay, why so I like the way jerseys more. Well, don't we don't support those teams anyways? No, they don't but have someone colors. does. I mean, that's all well, sucks though. for them. Yeah. We do need to address that the Chengdu Hunters, like, their home jerseys look horrible. They, yeah, they, yeah. they, they use their, they use their, like, orange as the base. And, like, oh, man, that is hard to look at. But Atlanta Rain, who we thought was going to look like trash, actually looks pretty mean. I was, I was a big fan of theirs. So I've been really impressed with the Rain so far with almost everything they've done, um, kind of in the offseason. They're, I've been happy with them there, but I guess the one thing, yeah, I wouldn't say it was a disappointment, but like, oh, they're switching to a big deal. Like, there's going to be all this new merch, and it was a lot of the same. I mean, there's a lot more jerseys. You had every player's home and away. You had the blank ones for both of them. You had some signed stuff, which I think was really cool. Like, you didn't see yeah. much of that last season online, and there's all limited edition too, which I liked. But they took away pins. I mean, they took away some of the smaller items that some people want that don't want to buy or can't afford the bigger things. Or Yeah. So there's been rumors that there's going to be kind of more coming out as the season goes on with jackets such as that. But I wouldn't say it was a letdown because I'm about to spend $100 whenever I do buy my gear on a jersey and a shirt. But I just was hoping that with a bigger deal that there would just be pages of merch or new designs and different yeah. things for each team. And it was very Blizzard-like, store-wise. Yeah. All right, time to time to put the caps on the conspiracy caps. Um, I don't think that they were ready for this. Um, I, I just don't think they were ready to do the full launch. 
um, but they really wanted to get the the essential items out to to the fans before the season started. So they released the jerseys and the shirts. I think that's what yeah, I think that's items. yeah that makes yeah, a couple small items, but I think like the the other like super well designed stuff like uh, like the jackets and all that will will come a little bit later in the season when they have like time to really turn that over and design them and, and stuff. I feel like that happened I, I think last they year. Don't those rush jackets those. were now released right away. I feel like those are released a little while into, and I'm fine with that. I think it'd be really hype two three weeks into the season we have a second merch drop with a bunch of new stuff. I think I I mean I ideally it'd be all cool to get it once now. But I guess I, I'm not going to be complaining if it comes in a couple of weeks and they double the amount of merch. Yeah, no, like um, the 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 one like cool like kind of creative piece of merch that all the teams have, but have like their own little flair on it is like the it's like the shirts and the in the in the sweaters that is like it's like the it's like abbreviations for all their teams and stuff like yeah. that. Which and it's only in black and stuff like that, but it looks all right. Like I mean, it's not horrendously designed it's uh, but i mean i'm kind of into it i don't know about you guys like i like florida's kind of looks like crap just because it's kind of hard to like ac- acronymize acronymize i don't know um like their 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 logo in their or in their name but i think some teams it works out really really well yeah and, but again that was just it changed for each team but it's still the same exact design pretty much yeah. all that. so like it still wasn't there but I'm not. I'm not too unhappy with anything. The merch store. It's merch. We have more of it. Hopefully, it's going to be at least same quality or higher quality. I can't wait to buy it. I mean, I, I don't want to make it seem like we're hit, we're shitting on the merch store because it's still good and we're still getting more merch. But I hope there's more drops and that other teams aren't really limited from doing their own stuff too. Is really what I think we're still not 100% confirmed on because we haven't seen any teams do new stuff yet. But I think that's all here and there. Give me my joggers i'm ready for them there's a lot of people my joggers. joggers and leggings want- Ev- leggings everyone wants them yeah a lot of, a lot of there's a lot of outcry for leggings actually yeah they're uh they're a hot item um i think i think some of the teams still have like their their overflow from the old stuff that they're putting on fanatics i don't know because like some of like because as we well know florida is not the most popular team so some of their items are Rank still like up on the we're not going twenty, buddy. We're going not. We're going nineteen or above. Nineteen or above. And the Washington Justins couldn't be twenty. Let's be yeah. real. I, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to see the fight for last place if we need to. <laughs> I well, can't wait till Justice comes out and beats everyone. And I'm gonna laugh at all of you. I'm gonna laugh at you with my nice shirt. And I'm gonna stand up and you're gonna see my joggers. I'm gonna. I'm gonna flex on you. Okay. <laughs> whatever you want to say. But there is one more thing in Overwatch I do want to talk about before we go on to the next topics and just kind of wrap up the Project Overwatch podcast, the podcast inside of a podcast that we have not done in a very long time. But I don't know if you guys had the chance to catch it. You probably haven't. The NYXL, probably our least favorite team here on the podcast, put out a documentary from Season 1. Did either one of you get a chance to watch any of this or seen anything about it? No, I didn't. But I'm actually interested to watch it. I really... I really, really like that. I, I'm interested in that. So I might check it out, despite the fact I hate the XL, because their branding is horrible. But, Dylan, I'm assuming you're the same. Of course. Of course I didn't I didn't watch it. So I only support I only support the boys, sorry. No, but like so, so okay, first off, you supported Philadelphia last year, this year you supported Washington DC. So Yeah, because I got new boys. The boys change. Yeah, the boys change for you very quickly. Um and no, but like obviously I'm a LA Valiant fan uh, like till my death. But 
Um, I still watch, and I thought it was really good. And what I really want to talk about is I want more teams to do this next year. They pretty much went through everything that kind of happened. They, like, showed the first day everyone showed up. They got the players' impressions of what it's like to represent a city and all that kind of stuff. And it's only, like, 15 minutes. I would love for you to both go watch it because I think it tells a good story. And what I said in my tweet earlier is it made me care about a team I don't like. Like, I thought it was really good. A perfect length. The pacing was good. The story, like, it told a story that I already knew. But it kind of had different angles from it and made me care. Which is very, not something I expected. I'm like, I'll watch this just because I should. But it's actually really good and I do think you should both go watch it. And I just want to see more kind of long form content from these teams. Because I think it's really cool to see behind the scenes of these big leagues. Because I mean, it's really the only thing we've seen from like, a lot of things behind the scenes in esports aren't talked about much. Teams are very secretive usually and I love seeing these behind the scenes so... It's, not, it's hard to have a conversation with you two that haven't really seen it much, but I definitely hmm. recommend anyone that's a fan of Overwatch should go watch it. I think yeah. I think we can kind of create the discussion, though, that like content is getting better in esports. Andrew, you and I touched on this last week when I was like losing my mind about the content age of CLG. Um, I think a lot of teams are starting to get up on it. And I mean... We can add, like I, I think that we can. There's gonna be a bit of public outcry being like asking for content from like Overwatch leagues, but uh, Overwatch league teams. But I mean, they just had their first year. Like let them let them sort it out. You know what I mean? I think it's definitely gonna be there because the money's there. Um, but I think it's gonna come with time. I don't think it's I, I like I didn't expect much for additional content in season one. They were just trying to get their their shit together, right? So I, I mean, this is really cool, and you know, seeing behind the scenes stuff is always interesting. Um, I really hope in the future we have like some sort of insight into like what goes on behind the scenes, like what like something along those lines. I mean, I hope content like that eventually comes out. Um, but what I'd be most interested in is so we actually watched a StarCraft two documentary a couple months back. Um, we had a special Game episode for it. Yeah, Game Changers, and that was people being in the scene recording for a very long time, and this was like something that happened like three years prior, and then they made a documentary and released it. What I want to know is, is anyone out there filming right now the Overwatch League and stuff that's going on behind the scenes that eventually will release a documentary that's going to be like, oh wow, here's like the run, like the first five-year run of Overwatch League, and here's some Someone's got to be recording everything. I mean, I know all the teams got to be, I mean, sure, NYXL is probably the only team that put out a documentary, but everyone's recording everything. I mean, I'm a Valiant fan, so that's where I go, but they put out videos like on a weekly basis, I feel like, so of course they're recording behind the scenes stuff, so if someone at the Overwatch League just gathers all this up, or even an outside third party, just goes all the teams like, I want to create the ultimate year one documentary of Overwatch League, can you help me with behind the scenes content? There is enough recorded for that. I'm 100% guaranteed of that. Because of how good these teams have been about content and how big of a league it is, Blizzard's recording everything on stage. Everything's being recorded at the team houses. There's that content there. I'm confident about that. And I think we'll see that maybe... I think it'd be cool to see, even the first two years, like, look at back at what we did in the last two years of Overwatch League. I think it would be a really cool documentary. So if someone wants to do that, go ahead and do that. Or Blizzard, listen to us do something, please. Send us the early copy. We'll review it. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll review it. We'll review it. <laughs> if anyone wants to send us documentaries, we'll always watch esports stuff and we'll talk about it. But I think we, that's we that a stuff. good pin to put in for the Overwatch conversation today. Um, just because we've talked about it for 20 minutes already. And the Overwatch League starts next week, so we'll be talking about it so, so, so much more. So let's try to keep it to a third of the podcast at most. Not bad. Let's jump over to Mortal Kombat. So, Dylan, you want to talk about this? You, you're you about to pop yeah, on that a, right it's, away. It's a, it's a fighting game. You know I got to talk about it. 
So Mortal Kombat 11, um, they're developing it with esports in mind, they said, which, okay, first of all, let me get my bias out of the way. The fact that the, the fighting game, uh, this, this, this fighting game came out and said that they're behind esports, first of all, yeah, no. No, fighting games are not esports. The FGC is separate. Anyways, beyond that, um, I think it's really cool. I'm very glad that they're coming out and going, hey, like, you know, we really want to make this competitive. Um, we want to design it with that kind of thing in mind, and we want to support the scene. I think that's really good. I think that's really awesome. I hope that they're doing it correctly, though. Um, so I actually learned uh, about a story about uh, Marvel 2. I think it was Marvel vs. Capcom 2 back in the day. Um, that they wanted to give it esports support, um, but when they did, uh, all the executives like they were like, "All right, um, we're, we're gonna have we're gonna have character bannings," and people were like, "What?" And they're like, "Oh no, like cable is 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 really good," and they're like, "No, like if you get rid of if you get rid of the top tier." The, teams like no no that's not how fighting games work you can't just ban a player or a character and they're actually thinking about doing that for for street fighter of having character bans and uh it, it's just it, it's it's awful it's like why would like it like it kind of makes sense for like league and dota because like you don't inherently play a character in that game you more play a role and you have to know more than one character because the roster is so big but if you have a game like street fighter there's players out there that just specialize in a character and they're so good at that character that 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 like if you if you ban it, this is, they're just done. Yeah, it's just like it's, Smash Brothers. I mean, people go into those tournaments with one character that they main, and if yeah. the other person yeah. just bans the characters, then it's just the yeah, cluster. you can't like, do that. What do you play then? So yeah, so I really hope I, I and I feel like they will do this. I feel like they have really good insight into the fighting game community and what they want. So I feel like Mortal Kombat will do a good job with this. Um, and I'm really hoping that they come out swinging. I hope that we have another top tier fighting game out there because Capcom, even though they have a really good infrastructure for for Street Fighter, Street Fighter Five and, and Marvel vs. Capcom hasn't been doing that well in the FGC. The only game that's really been shining has been uh, Dragon and Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah. So I really hope we have another game out there that does really well because the more fighting games that do well, the, the more that we're going to get in the future and the better the community and the stronger the community is going to be. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Also, shout out to, to Ed Boone, uh, the creator of, of Mortal Kombat, who released the, the, the weird character skin of Shaggy in the game. Shaggy, yeah, I saw that. That was, that was, that that was like the one thing I was going to bring up. Like, I don't think we need to talk about the specific changes in Mortal Kombat. None of us really <laughs> care or like are super into combat. I just think I would love talking about anyone that says, yeah, we're going to, to be esports ready. And I, I love when people say that. I mean, most of the time they're coming out like, oh, buzzword. Esports. Let, let's throw that in there, which could be a little bit of it. It'd be curious to see how much you actually fall through with all this. But I wanted to also use it to talk about Chaggy and the meme. Because yeah. what is happening to the internet? It, yeah, just the fact that it was not even a retweet. It was like him just like straight posting it. Everyone's like, wait a second. Did you like, did you have the, like, the team do this? Like, is, no, because like, originally <laughs> um, someone tweeted that I'm like, Hey, at Ed Boon, we want Shaggy in the game. And he replied, good luck with that. Like, two or three days later, he posts this clip. I'm like, well, that's a quick turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's... I, I, I'm glad that he's able to kind of banter with the community that well. Um, especially when he's a game designer from, like, so, such a long time. It, it, it's good that he interfaces with the community like that. So, yeah. th like, little, little gestures like that do make me feel like... You know, the, there's hope for it. I really hope that they're going to do well. I really hope they do well by the FGC because the FGC needs it.
Yeah, just to just kind of add on that too. Um, in regards to the actual like play style of Mortal Kombat, um, the previous way they were doing it is it like it kind of like the it kind of relied on hyper aggression, and that was like the big like like component of like how to play Mortal Kombat competitively was like whoever is the more aggressive player basically wins. Um, and it really like it rewarded you for that. Um, I guess now they're like heavily shifting how the game plays, so it probably is going to be maybe easier to balance probably better for the community stuff like that probably funner to watch too um because i feel like if you just watch one dude go at a combo for like the entire match it's like okay like and there's no chance right so yeah and i think uh so in put this in fighting games terms i think they're gonna work on the neutral game a lot and Mm -hmm. basically focus on footsies a lot and so that you're kind of having that back and forth poke between like who's gonna land a hit um, who's who? Like who's actually going to go in? And I'm sure they're not going to get rid of combos or anything. Like no, combos are no, essential no. fighting games, but they they might shorten it up a little bit. Put it maybe to like Street Fighter levels of of of, of combos of where they're they chunk your health a bunch if you execute them well. But it's not like all right, going to juggle them for you know half yeah, an hour. Yeah, and that's just it. I find that's the like I was I was really excited for the last Mortal Kombat game, and then that's kind of what it came what it turned into was just like juggling combos and stuff like that. So I'm hoping to see this change um i like like mortal kombat's got like a close spot to my heart because i grew up on it um and like it was like my big fighter when i was a kid like i played the i played the crap out of mortal kombat on the like super nintendo so like i mean i i really want to see them do well in the esports rea- like realm because i feel like a lot of a lot of players too grew up on like mortal kombat maybe probably two and three like three ultimate like was like the best right so i hope i hope they do well i hope it does all right yeah, I'm very excited for uh, Sonic Fox to come in and just be the champion of that game because uh, he was with the last Mortal Kombat. He uh, everyone, everyone, go out there and search uh, Sonic Fox versus Perfect Legend. Um, Perfect Legend got uh, absolutely destroyed. Um, destroyed harder than anyone in fighting games has ever been destroyed, um, ever. Um, iconic video. Please watch it. It's amazing. Iconic. iconic. It is, it's, it's a perfect video. Well, I think that's a good spot to end on that one. Because how, <laughs> how do you end up the perfect iconic moment from Mortal Kombat 10? So I think that's a good place to wrap up Mortal Kombat 11 discussion. Until more things come out that, if there's tournaments or anything like that that are announced, besides just we're focusing on esports, we'll report on that kind of down the road. But next up is two very differing opinions from two different countries about esports. So I'm going to read through both of them and kind of both the stances that happened, and we'll talk about both however you guys want to go about it. But so cool. first off, the German sports minister, whatever his name is, I mean, I, I can look up the article, but he, he's a dick, apparently. Um, Peter Buth, he was just kind of saying that esports does not exist and will not be included in the Olympic program. First off, it exists. Like, we're here. People are watching it. There's a lot of money in it. I don't know how I make that. Not being the Olympics. I understand people now want to be the Olympics. That's nothing to be a problem with. But then he took another step further. Esports are a little sport as knitting and recorder play. We must not allow the e-gaming industry to collect the sports asset. The idea that the e-gaming industry is vying for funding, I think, is absurd. First of all... First off, e-gaming, E-gaming. God bless. God Second bless. off, everyone over 40, it's time, boys. It's time. Get the guillotines out. <laughs> everyone over 40, get them out of here. Get Esports here. number one sport now. Let's go. No, but I, I do think it is probably just a product of um, him probably being an older gentleman. 
um, just not being up with the times. And he grew up in a time of where, you know, he didn't really have probably like too much technology going on. Like he probably had the radio um, in Europe and stuff. And I know I'm, I'm being serious. Like yeah. he probably like me, he might've grown up um, in, in his, his later stages of life with TV, but probably just barely. Um, and it was mostly like him growing up with the radio. So um, I could totally understand why he doesn't understand it. Um, but he does have a very important and powerful position in, you know, being like King, King sports um, over there in Germany. So he kind of, he should be up on the times. There should be someone there talking with them like, Hey, listen, you know, this is actually an important thing that people really like. So uh, there's going to be these people out there until the generation shifts over. Yeah. And just a slight correction too. It was, um, it was the Olympic sports coordinator is actually Alphonse Hoyerman. I might be butchering his name. Um, he was the initial one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, these the- were two different quotes. I'm very, yeah, these I'm are two different quotes. Sorry. Yeah. 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 So the initial, the first part was made by Alphonse, um, basically saying it doesn't exist. Um, and then, then it goes to Peter Bruth, who's the sports minister minister for Germany. Well, Alphonse, works. Uh, yeah, I know. Everyone yeah, really thinks it's, it's not. It's not helping anybody. I just wanted to clear the air. Yeah, like I mean, just like, uh, like every time I hear e gaming, like a part of me just kind of like slowly dies. Oh, like, I know. I, I, I died laughing the first time I heard that. But I guess well, what what troubles me is like I just don't get how they can't. First off, just saying it doesn't exist blows me away. Like, if you don't want to put on the same level of sports, I'm fine with that. We've had that discussion multiple times. It doesn't need to be considered a sport. Whatever. That's its own topic. Everyone has their own opinion. But the saying esports doesn't exist kind of blows me away, especially when the first ever international for Dota 2 was held in Germany. Germany hosted the first ever multi-million dollar esports event, and now that country is claiming esports doesn't exist. Like, well, now hold up. This gentleman is claiming the esports doesn't exist. I mean, I understand that but he has the, a political. Two of the top people in the sports side of the country. Is well, saying. I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm gonna play uh, devil's advocate here for him and and try to in like uh, uh, what, what's the term? It's a, uh, it's like steel manning or or something like that. It's like the opposite of straw manning. Uh, but essentially, from his point of view, this is what he views it as: is you're calling it um, esports. And he's saying that doesn't exist because it is not an eSport. He sees it as, that's why he's calling it eGaming, because he sees it like, you know, if you were in competitive knitting or, or, or playing the recorder. So he doesn't see it as a sport. Um, obviously, they do see it as something that generates a ton of revenue and something that is, is, is very popular. But, you know, he doesn't view it as a sport. And so that's why he's saying it doesn't exist, because it's the term eSports. He's saying basically you're using that term when you know that's not how it's uh, how it really is um i think he's completely wrong and an idiot and an old person and like i said you put him up on the block i'm ready for it dude um oh my god dude uh to kind of add on to this to add insult to injury andrew i'm gonna kind of hijack the next part because i need i think i think we need to kind of add fuel to the flame just to get dylan going a little more um, I'm gonna I'm gonna rain I'm gonna weigh in from Australia. Um, Australia is near and dear to my hearts. I lo- I love the city drop bears, especially after they they um, corrected me on the, the, the fa- in fact not the murder bears. Um, as well, I've, I've also been a big fan of like the Australian league because it is one of the other major leagues that is like is primarily English. Um, so it's great to watch and fun and fun stuff like that. They have a great community. Um, they they've kind of joined the ranks of. Uh, of universities that have given uh, scholarships for esports. Well, actually, yeah, just one. So, this, so what are you talking about? It's, this is from yeah. one very swift university was the first yeah. ever one to give scholarships. 
Out of Australia, yeah, exactly, right? And this is the uh, Queensland University of Technology. Not really surprised it's a tech school, right? Like, I mean, we're like, it's, I'm kind of, kind of surprised to see. They're also playing the Challenger Series, um, the Q, QUT Tigers. Um, so, like, I mean, they're, they're a good team. They're not bad, right? Um, so they, they have a scholarship for that and all that good stuff. Now, people from the area who are kind of weighing in on it, um, general, the gentleman by the name of Dr. Kevin O'Donnelly, um, who is a part of the Australian Catholic University. So I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to wait over that a little bit. Uh, basically states, and this is a direct quote, um, there are far more important and essential qualifications than being a gamer that we need in Australia. I'd argue careers in mining and engineering and also in terms of aged care and health are far more important and young, talented people should be rewarded in those areas rather than gaming. Now, his quote seems heavily directed around incentive which is like the scholarship aspect and stuff like that. So it seems to be that's more of something he has a problem with. Vice, like he has a, but it sounds like he almost has more of a problem with the scholarship than esports itself. That's kind of what I'm, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Yeah. So before you say anything, Dylan, because I know you are about to jump on this so quickly, but with what his quotes are, is he wrong? Like, you know where I stand on esports. I love esports to the core. But what he has a problem with is giving people that are playing games, but they're playing games of something they're extremely passionate about, and I'm not trying to take it down. There's money to be made there. But what he's saying is that he would rather this university be giving money to people that want to be miners or engineers or something kind of like that is where he's coming at it from. So take that into account, Dylan, when you're saying that, because I agree to an extent that some other industries are more important than esports that these other ones should get the attention too. if you if the, i don't want to be saying against esports but where he's coming from i don't totally agree he's wrong he made some other things which are bullshit i'm sorry for my language but he's calling it dangerous and compulsive there's yeah. been research on that we'll talk about that later but where he's coming at financially i don't think he's a hundred percent wrong um, I actually do think he's 100% wrong because one, um, he has zero qualifications really. I mean, a doctor in like in in uh, religious studies, like yeah, cool, you got a doctorate in that, but you have no uh, no right to weigh in on 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 what a university does really. Uh, number two, this guy's arguing in complete bad faith. 110% bad faith because if you gave someone a scholarship for soccer, football, or rugby in Australia, he would not have batted an eye or said anything about oh, that. that even. Yeah, he wouldn't have said anything about that. So he's completely arguing in bad faith, um, and and he has no, he has, he, has, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, and and like I said, who is he? Like who is he? Like who cares that he's just some really like dumb, uh, like right wing reactionary um, and weighing in on esports? No, yeah, he, no, he is. He, he he's just a reactionary who's just spouting off about stuff he does not know about. And like I said, completely arguing in bad faith. Like who cares? Ditch this guy. Give him the block. I'm telling you, line him up. I'm ready. I will. I will be there. I didn't. Didn't you describe us as reactionaries? Aren't we? Aren't is that? What yeah, we it's do? it's a different though. We're we're meme reactionaries. They're oh, they're right wing reactionaries. There's different. They're My they're bad. they're. Yeah, and I think and I think the big thing is too is that like I mean, we're like. The esports in Australia is so well established already that I don't think it's like again. It is like Dylan said. It is one guy. It's in it's in it's a research fellow. It's not anybody in political power. I haven't seen anybody. I know apparently Australia's political climate is a is a goddamn mess right now. So I don't really know where their stance is. I think they got more issues that they're worried about than weighing in on esports. But 
I'm kind of curious to see with like the later generation, but like I mean, a lot of football clubs have started to back esports teams. The Bombers are backed by the football team, the Bombers. Like I mean, like that's that's you know, like it's it's already seeding its way into it as we're seeing in other in other regions. So I don't think this is really an exception. I think I think we did just kind of find like the one article where some dude is just like, this is a bad idea. I don't like this, and according to Dylan, he gets the block. Gets it. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, and I guess a good point is that. So he made all those comments, and then really, I think he just had some kind of prejudice against gaming, because then he went on to say that gaming could potentially be dangerous and compulsive, and does not have benefit to a broader society, and can result in poor communication skills. So then the article, luckily, calling them out on all of this. So the British Esports oh, Association, yeah. we talked about them. They've done quite a bit of research on esports and gaming and all that kind of stuff. And they're doing well. And they found that 54% of people that frequently play games that help them connect with friends and that playing esports can have positive effects such as um, building oh, it's a list of skills, long. a learning tool for developing language, math, reading, social skills, teamwork, memory, imported. Yeah, there's a list of things that can go on and do so i think that's stupid and plus the whole idea of poor communication skills and antisocial is just going away i mean it's not on the docket but we saw the whole fortnite thing happen earlier this week there's an in-game tournament and stuff like that and like 10 million people like gathered for this virtual concert and stuff like that like with video games yeah. not even just esports Video games is no longer something antisocial. Video games is now one of the most social things outside of being person to person, hanging out with other people. Because I don't go to play games. I don't play Fortnite for the game. I play to go and talk with my best friend that I don't see a ton, especially when I was at school. I didn't see these people anymore, so I played video games with them. That's how we connected. We connected over video games. Video games aren't antisocial anymore. They're the exact opposite, and they're helping people connect and make friendships in times where they may struggle in real life more than ever. So I hate that argument more than anything right now. Now, I want to I I don't want to go total devil's advocate, but I will I will kind of weigh into it. We're talking about esports and gaming. They are two different things. We acknowledge that, correct? One is one is one is one, but one is in the other, correct? Esports is a small yes, portion sir. of gaming. Right, correct. But video games isn't like you, you know you know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Esports is video games, but video games is not esports. Correct, exactly. So, and his bone to pick is with esports, and I I see where that's coming from, and where he sees these communication issues come out and stuff like that. I think the opposite because like you have to communicate the most in esports. You do, you do, but there is there has been a long line of like very very aggressive, very like very questionable behavior coming out of esports pro. I'm not saying they're all like that, but. Dylan, you've been involved in esports much longer than I, and you know that these personalities exist. I, and, yeah, I mean, of course they exist, but like, I, I would say it's arguing bad faith because they like they exist in traditional sports too. Yeah, true. It exists yeah. Everywhere, anywhere where there's competition, you have these people that are Type A personalities who don't know how to let out in a, in a good out. No, yeah, that's true, and I like. I'm just, I like, yeah. I guess it is an argument in bad faith, and they do they do exist everywhere. Like, I I don't know. I feel like I. I don't know. I'm just tr- I'm trying to see it in like a de- like in a decent like in- I'm trying to interpret it like you know in some other light, but I don't I don't know if there is one. You know what I mean? And I, I might be reaching and a little again, bit. This article, like you're kind of saying, like Dylan's like, who is this guy? <laughs> I mean, this is an article that I I mean, it's a website that I think is based over 
seas. I think it might be based in Australia. And this is probably just more or less something kind of political going on there. Because the Australian esports team is not developed as NA, as EU, as China, Korea. Mm. Like, you don't see these conversations happening as much anymore. It's more, the conversation in the North America is more, is esports a sport? It's not like, should there be should scholarships? Like, is this a yeah. thing? It exists. That's not a thing in North America anymore. It's just where does it fit with everything now? So I think this, I'm mean, like you said, this is the first Australian university to offer esports scholarships. Like, this is the baby step where esports and Australia are really just starting to come together for one. So it's just like the first kind of guy to come out and say something publicly against this. Like, because everyone else thinks this is a good thing. There's very few people that are kind of arguing against it. I think that's why this is an article and we pulled it up and it was trending in our esports. Yeah, and I agree. It's it's definitely not the vast majority of people. And that's why, my brothers and sisters, it's time. It is time for the gamers to rise up. It's time for us gamers to rise up and to get the guillotines out and put these put these old Stop men the on the chopping block. Whoosh! Get them. Time, time, time to turn the tides and time to get esports number one. I'm ready. So, okay, just to, just to add on to this, I have some friends who could occasionally listen to our podcast, and they're like, man, that Dylan guy, he's intense. And I'm like, no, Dylan, Dylan's fine, he's chill, and then... We can't defend you anymore. <laughs> this is it, man. You're on your own. You're I'm, an esports, I'm, I'm, I'm an esports radical. Yeah, I think you are, man. Oh, my God. Okay, do we got to do it now? Do, okay, do we got we got we got to soften them up now. We got to go on to the next article, Drew or yeah, Andrew. We, Jesus, we, go we, on to the yeah. next one. We need something that he can't call for <laughs> someone's head in, which is why we're going on to talk about Genesis Six. Oh no no no! I was I, let's back it up a little bit. Let's let's talk about China. Let's talk about how oh, good, well, good you, you're doing. jumping all over. So don't don't go huh? acting. They're all in the same. They, the one literally has a link to the other one. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna hijack this. This is my thing now. All right, so listen up, guys. Listen up. So China and like basically to basically buck Germany, we're like, you know what? We're gonna get make esports a career. We're, we're seeing it as a profession now. I guess there's a couple others added to it, but the Ministry of Human Resources and Social Security of China is accepting a total of 15 new career paths. Not all of them are esports related. However, the otherwise politically like, inflexible country, it's a pretty big move. I quoted the wrong part, but you know what I mean. Esports is now a full-fledged profession in China. It's awesome. It's great. Everybody's embracing it. Um, yeah, Dylan, how do you feel about that? I have no idea what China is doing because it was just a couple months ago of where they were super against gaming and they were thinking about banning certain games. And I know that Tencent and like the Chinese government have been just like butting heads like super hard over this stuff. And then they were like, oh, by the way, it's a, it's an actual job now. I have no idea what's going on with China. I have zero idea what's going on. It's been like just like super ups and downs from them. Yeah, I don't I – don't, it's trying to, trying to keep track of China. It's just yeah, – I don't know, man. And, and, I, and I guess I, I don't understand exactly kind of what this means. 15 new career paths. Like does that mean like – you're able to put that, like, if it was, like, a drop-down menu, like, esports would be, like, a profession? Or when it says career path, like, it's just like, okay, we as a government now approve of these 15 jobs you do. Does it, like, make it official in some eyes? Because they're kind of saying, like, well, most people minds, anything to do with esports isn't a real career, and that, like, they've always had to kind of fight back. So, like, I don't understand what i don't understand chinese culture enough to understand what making it a real career path does for the people in it 
I, I think uh, we would probably need to get someone who's a lot more versed in Chinese culture, maybe like someone who lived in China for a little bit to, to educate us a, a little bit on this. But what I'm assuming is that um, in China, the government probably is very selective on what they what they recognize as a profession. Mm-hmm. And then this is them just kind of recognizing it as a profession. So I'm sure there's a bunch of bureaucracy and like, um, like small nuances that go with it. But um, I would assume that's probably what it's like. Yeah, and the big thing is too is that esports managers and players are the two big ones that were really out of that list that kind of came to light social media. Um, I don't know what other ones are kind of. I, I'm assuming like logistics and stuff like that are probably like some of the smaller roles, but managers and players being actually recognized as like a profession, it seems like a big deal. Everybody likes it, so I mean, like, yay. Yeah, big I guess. News. Yeah, I think it's really hard to talk too much about this without understanding exactly how it fits in the culture. I mean, if it just says, like, okay, people, like, you can't give these kids as much crap anymore. Like, these are, like, real jobs that we respect if it means they get some kind of government incentive now. Like, without understanding, and I maybe should have done more research, or we should have done more research to understand this fully, but I just really want to include it because there is so many different levels of where esports are at in different parts of the world which i think we really wanted to focus at and that everyone's growing and having big discussions just kind of at their own pace like australia clearly very behind um with esports scholarships and that just kind of stuff now china clearly in the forefront uh china korea even japan like these are some of the countries kind of toward the more forefront of esports in some aspects and some aspects and others so it's just interesting to see where every country kind of is coming in and making progression, which I think is really why we wanted to bring this in, just to kind of get another perspective about what we kind of talked about the other two, right? Just to close on that, apparently the big thing is is visa issues. Apparently, okay. it's supposed to remedy a bunch of those, right? Which makes like once I read that, I was like, that makes a ton of sense, right? So that's that's good to see. That's really good. Because, yeah, like I mean, with visa issues too, it's not exactly that. But with Overwatch League, like. So I don't know how closely you guys have kind of been following it, but Vancouver Titans, the runaway team from uh, Korea Contenders, not many pictures or anything kind of like them right now. And a lot of people are worried that visas for them aren't coming through and people are concerned that they're even in the country practicing right now. There's some yeah. been some other players that are having visa issues. So I mean, you still see, yeah, you're seeing in the LCS as well, like, like. Oh yeah, that, maybe that's where I'm thinking yeah. for some more visa issues that players yeah. are just now getting here or just kind of getting together. And that even the United States, I mean, maybe this is something that we need to officialize too. That these visas are not coming through for players because the government doesn't find that being a good enough reason. So yeah, that's it, it, probably like under their classification from China. Yeah, because I, I don't think you can go like. I don't know. I don't know what the classifications of visa are. I know there's like work visas and stuff like that. So it, I like. I feel like when you start seeing like this, this globalized, recognized profession, like these sort of things will be much more, like regular, and there will be less shocking when you're like, oh, why are you in the country? How are you trying to get in the country? What are you here for? And like, you know, five, ten years down the road, it's gonna be like, okay, esports player, in you come, right? Or out you go, one of the two. Which is the re- big reason why people want to get it recognized as a sport so they can get here on a sports visa. Yeah, exactly. Or an athletic visa, whatever it's called. Yeah, right yeah, now, I think it's like a highly talented visa or whatever that is, a high-skilled visa or something like, kind of like that, that they're coming in and working because they're highly skilled at a position. So they have to fight against people that are in much bigger and kind of more important industries and like engineering, healthcare, and things like that, that they're highly skilled in that position. And they're competing with those same people for these visas. Yeah, which, which is like, I mean, like, 
it like I mean, and it's and it's a case by case. It's subjective, right? So I mean, like, how do they even do it? Do they do performance based? Like, I mean, it's uh, I don't know. It's it's a mess. It's a mess. We've chewed up a lot of time with this, though. I'm not gonna lie. No, yeah, we, it's fine. <laughs> the last one is just kind of like I teased earlier, I guess, before we jump back to this, is just kind of touching on Genesis. I feel like we talk about that a lot, and like we said, every countries are still developing, so we'll talk about those kind of conversations more down the road. But, I just wanted to kind of wrap up tonight's show, um, before we go into honorable mentions, is with Genesis. So, that kind of came to a conclusion last night. I don't know if how much either one of you guys watched. I didn't watch any. I was, I, I was, I was watching, watching a little bit of it. Like I actually turned off the Super Bowl and started watching this. Um, and the the article that I even linked to is the best sports event this weekend was Smash Ultimate Tournament, um, which by Cecilia D'Antagio, um from Talk to. I want to kind of summarize her, so go give her the click. But um, it had a hundred and twenty four thousand viewers during the Super Bowl, which I think is pretty cool. And we also saw the Super Bowl being at an all time low in ten years for viewership. So I think it just kind of showing that. Traditional sports are getting less popular, and a Smash tournament, which traditionally doesn't have very high viewership, was one of the top things on Twitch, even during the Super Bowl, and it was doing very well with kind of the same demographics that was traditionally for football, doing so well here. And I guess there's not too much specifics I want to talk here. I don't want to talk about that, but I just found it so interesting that so many people are saying that are kind of in the video game side that are super interested in the Super Bowl were turning it off and going over to a Super Smash tournament. Like, that's how bad the Super Bowl was, and that's how more popular kind of esports is getting, or the fighting game community, I'm sorry, Dylan, is getting in this demographic. No, 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 no. They're not a part of it. They're not a part of it. They're not. They're the Smash are part of that. It's the esport, or we like to say the party game community, but... I'm not here to bash on any smashers. Good for them. They don't like that. So two things, two things I think really heavily influenced. One, low scoring game. Um, you know, it wasn't really that exciting otherwise. Plus, is it the Pats again? Who like, I mean, a lot of people, myself especially, like Pats. I I don't want to watch. Them. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to watch them. Um, two, they shot themselves in the foot with the whole. I don't know if you guys saw on Reddit like the big SpongeBob meme and stuff like that. They were gonna do it as a halftime show. Sweet, they were going to do Sweet Victory at the halftime show. And they got sicko-moded, apparently, is the, is the big thing that happened. So a lot of people just shut it off there. A lot of people just like were like, no, we're done. You guys you guys trolled us, and we're out of here. Oh, you I know. Re- who who yeah. uses SpongeBob as an opening for the next artist? Really? And then yeah. the worst part about all this, so really what the point of this article was, so we could talk about Sweet Victory, which is really what everyone <laughs> in the esports industry is extremely pissed off about. Um is that the Mercedes uh, Stadium, which is where Super Bowl was held down in Atlanta, showed on the big monitors them playing Sweet Victory. Like, yeah. they... It's just added salt to them. Like, well, and that's just it. Like, it, like it, they, they did shoot themselves in the foot because they, they were almost they were almost really smart about it. They were going into an untapped market of, of a little, like... I don't want to call them memers, but... They're, they're memers. memers. They're memers. memers. That's why yeah, they're memers. tuning in. For that yeah, reason only. Meme- the memers were tuning it, and that would have spiked, spiked viewership like nobody's business. But they, yeah, they shot themselves in the foot. It's the it, hidden memer market. Yeah, I, I, it's a, I think it, it's a lot of money. I think there's a lot uh, Dylan, of money in memes. Dylan, 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 how big is the hidden memer market? <laughs> it's big. It's an untapped market. Um, they're always viewing things. They're always there. They're always looking for the memes that come out of these things. And if you got to cater to them, how, how um, do you tap really do- into this market? How do you cater to them? You, you got a meme. That's it. 
That's all you got to do. You just got to set up the means for them to, 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 to swing it and get a home run. There we go, boys. There you go. Any <laughs> Anyone for the Super Bowl next year, you need to tap into this untapped memer market, and you will make billions. Right, Dylan? Is that what you're saying? Can you promise Easily. that? I promise that if any very large event taps into the hidden memer market, it'll be it'll be upward trends from there. You heard it here first. Financial investors, this is your insider trading tip. So, you're welcome. <laughs> but with that, again, there wasn't too much talk about that. It was just that Super Smash, whatever you want to call it, did really well. Super Bowl did really bad. Rip sweet victory. Nothing much else on that. So we do have a couple of honorable mentions. Um, I'll run through all three of them. Then if you guys want to stop back and touch on anything before we wrap up the show, we'll go through cool. that. Um, Magic the Gathering Arena, um, first official esports event. All the details were announced. We talked about it when the first kind of came out. That's going to be at PAX East. Dylan, you're going to talk about that more at the end, so I'll save that for you. Um, for mobile esports, we don't talk about that too much. But for skills, it's kind of a big mobile esports platform. For those who don't know, um, they gave away $8 million to the top 10 um, mobile players on their platform and seven of them were women which i think is something we don't really think about that the mobile esports market is heavily dominated by women um which is something we kind of brush over that's why i want to bring that up as an honorable mention and then james i'll leave it up to you to talk a little bit about method versus limit for that world first race assuming that for a while because i saw some tweets about that yeah, sounds good. So don't, so don't go ahead, you said, start going over your magic yeah. a little bit. For yeah, so they're having the first big invitational at PAX East. Um, the big thing is they're doing invites so those personalities and like big magic players are going to be invited. But also, um, everyone who gets top eight uh, for February in uh, the ladder for arena is going to be invited, which is very. Um, but the weird thing is, is the format of it. It's going to be a best of three, but you have to bring two decks. And then you play uh, like you play one of the decks, like well, like the, your first deck that you play is like random, and then you play the other deck, and if it needs to go to a third, then you get a pick. I guess it, it's weird. It's really weird. Um, bringing two decks is like unheard of in Magic. Like you, you don't do that. You, you like play a best of three, and you, you sideboard in between. You don't you don't swap decks. So I, I don't like the format. the The Magic community is blowing up about it. They're they're just like. Oh my God! What is going on? Because it's it's like unheard of. Like this is a very weird format. Even like weirder than like Hearthstone's Conquest format. Even something like that of where they're like, "Hey, bring three decks and you have to win as all three would be one thing. But this is like a best of three with two decks in a random. And you got and then you have to random which one you play first or something. It's it, it's just really weird. Um, I hope that they uh, get backlash for this and they don't do that because that's not how you should probably play the game. Um, and that's not how most people want to play the game, um, which is the important thing. So hopefully they change that. Um, do you think it's going to be yeah. corrected before before the event? Oh, I don't know. They announced it, so probably not. Um, they'll probably see that it's going to be not great, so they'll probably swap it then. But Are you going to participate? I don't know. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be grinding ladder this month. I'm hoping to do pretty well. If I start uh, shooting up the the ranks, then um, I'll grind it super hard, and hopefully, I'll I'll be able to play. And uh, your boy will represent. I'll become the first match of the gathering arena pro. I'm gonna go for it too, but like whatever. Um, <laughs> my decks aren't nearly as good as Dylan's, but uh, you know, do you want to weigh in on skills at all, Andrew, or have you kind of 
said all the bits. Okay, just kind cool. of just something that I forget about a lot of times that the mobile market is heavily dominated by women, um, and that when we talk about that, anything that we're not the target market for anything mobile. So when we talk about that, it's just something we need to kind of keep in mind. I mean, they they don't play they play kind of not the big games like they don't play the clash royale like that money isn't coming from like clash royale clash clans anything kind of like that so it's kind of from like the not off brand i don't know what to call it like a different tier of esports is what the skills platform goes through so there's different markets in mobile esports and that's just something we don't think about much when we talk about it so it's just kind of like a reminder like hey this exists let's keep that in mind very much a thing yeah yeah, and finally, uh, method versus limit for the world first um, for the the kill on Jaina, who is the like the last boss in the most recent dungeon or the most recent raid. Um, it was uh, pretty much neck and neck, and method being an EU based team and limit being an NA based team. Um, they went head to head the last time around. Um, there was most recently a hotfix that went through um, where there's been a lot of public outcry about that. It's basically like game changing for limit and kind of screwing over method because of time zones and stuff like that. Um, there's a big argument right now to whether or not it's it's giving NA the advantage. Um, hot fixes happen all the time during World War races. Uh, it happened in the last raid, so there's a lot of a lot of ch- chatter about that. If you guys want to see a lot a lot of you know pissed off people, go look at the WoW form, uh, WoW subreddit because they are they're not a happy bunch right now. When are they ever? But I mean, like they're especially not happy right now because this is a big thing for us. Like method right now is streaming like they 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 have a crazy amount of viewership for. For Those are really wow. big production too. Like I've been seeing pictures of like how big of production it is for them, like kind of putting it yeah. together in the back end, which blows me away. Yeah, like I mean, they're sporting right now. They're, they're rocking fifty thousand people for watching uh, watching them wipe relentlessly on a boss. That's so insane. I'm, yeah, and they were at, they were at seventy earlier in the day, like when I when the first time I tuned in, which is a big deal for Warcraft. It's a really really big deal. Like good like good for them. Good for Method. Good for Red Bull because I know Red Bull is like that's where they're like sponsored out of, and they're using like their headquarters. Which yeah, like like you said, Andrew, like the the headquarters for that was like or like the production was insane. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, no, a little bit of Wow esports for you. But with that, that kind of wraps up our honorable mentions. Is there anything we missed on from earlier on? There one anything Chat has to say or ask us about anything before we kind of wrap up the show? Anything you guys want to say? Me, I'm good. Dylan, you good? No, I got it all out. Thanks. Guillotines. You you did get a lot out today. <laughs> I felt there's a little bit of pent up aggression. Maybe that was from me. I, I missed a week. I needed. I had all this esports energy saved up over the past week. I need to. You had to put catch up. But before we do our traditional wrap-up, I just once again want to remind everyone that we will be starting our all-access Overwatch League season two past giveaway starting tomorrow you'll see the tweet going out i've made it a pretty graphic for that so go and retweet that like that tag whatever it each platform will have different instructions but they're all put you in the same pile for one of that and the next week's episode we will announce who wins that so good luck to everyone but make sure to tune into that kind of spread the word for us while also giving you guys a chance to win the all access pass but as always thank you very much for listening to the project esports podcast Guys, any interaction that you do give us is greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, from likes on Twitter to dog emojis in chat, I we appreciate them all. We love them so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. 
Yeah. And we go live every single Monday at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time right here at twitch.tv slash thegamehouse. And if you missed the live show, you can always find us on every single podcast platform. I mean, literally everyone, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all of them, if you just search uh, Project Esports Podcast. And we can also be found on YouTube if you want to watch the VOD over at The Game House's YouTube page. As always, I'm Andrew. I'm James. And I'm Dylan. And thank you for listening to the Prodigy Sports Podcast. We will see you guys next week.